0: Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com.
2: Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com outnow outnowpodcast. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your Android, iPhone, Kindle, or
0: MP3 player. This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we're talking Exodus colon gods and kings. Aaron, let my people go! Who is this? Oh,
2: it's Domino's. Oh, hey, Dominoes. Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction.
0: We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe! Hola, amigos! You're back! I am back! As, as we say, Guess always, this back. is Abe. <laughs> you were gone last week, but now you're back.
2: Yeah, I'm back. Yeah. Okay, well, Back good. again.
0: <laughs> um, Out Now is a film podcast with Abe and I discussing new movies weekly. We cover some various movie topics, jump into a mostly spoiler-free review, then jump back into other fun movie topics. This is episode 174
2: that's a lot of that's a lot of episodes. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, it's a lot. I can't do the math right now, but it's a lot. <laughs> what math would there be? I'm just adding
0: it all together. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. And uh, this week we're talking about Exodus: Colon Gods and Kings, the latest from director Ridley Scott, starring Christian Bale <laughs> as Moses, himself. Batman yeah. himself, Christian yeah. Bale as Moses, and Joel Edgerton, the Warrior himself. Is, the as Warrior S. himself, as right? Right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, joining us tonight. From the podcast "Film Spotting," the man who survived seven out of ten plagues, which ain't bad at all, Josh Larson.
1: Well, yeah, it was quite a journey, but I did it.
0: <laughs> and uh,
1: yeah, great to have you on, Josh. I, you I'd do-
0: be
2: curious which ones he, he, he survived.
1: We'll go. We'll get. We'll get to that. Oh, okay. All we'll, right. we'll get to that. But how are you doing right. tonight, Josh? It's it's all a blur. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, uh, thanks for having me
0: on, guys. For sure. And uh, let's see. Before we um before we get into the the main show here, we got some some announcement stuff. Um, just pretty much the same as always, iTunes reviews and ratings, it's good to get those, helps out our show, helps other people find our show, and I think we've been doing good, having a fun time the recent weeks of just having some looser shows and having some fun guests on and everything. So if you want to go to iTunes and give us a, maybe a star rating or a, send us a send us a, a little write-up,
1: you guys that are listening to the show weekly, uh, we'd be happy to have it and help out our show. Have you guys received any compliments there for paying such close attention to the punctuation of movie titles? Because I know that's what I've appreciated about your show lately. <laughs> That's that's de- that is something that we definitely. That's
2: something that I'm I'm guessing someone has in their back pocket, waiting for like a, okay. a spectacular. they be well, like, thank I, you for doing all the the right colons, apostrophes. Yes, and, I mean yes. Abe, yeah.
0: Abe, we've had this, we've had debates about Star Wars. We have had. I Marvel. know. I
2: I brought up the wrong topic. Or I mean, I'm sorry, I brought up the wrong title, and you're like, hey, there's no colon there. It's just Star Wars. And there's of course the What's epic right? the epic battle that we'll know as Hunger Games colon.
0: Mocking (laughs) J. Mocking J J Dash part
1: one as opposed to comma part one, which was It's impressive that you're able to get that right every time, I'll say. We committed it to memory. There's there's a few things we'd like to get right on this podcast, and one of those is definitely
0: (laughs) punctuation. I mean nobody wants this J
2: Law. No one wants that.
0: Um, but, yeah, so that iTunes review, with all that said, it's good to get some iTunes reviews. That's, the, that's all we <laughs> <easy to the>, see, <laughs> what we should get out there.
2: Thanks in advance.
0: And um, what else? New commentary. I know I keep teasing this up, but we do have a new commentary coming soon. We like to do one every month, and because we missed last month, we'll have two this month. So there you go. Jules? Yeah. Speaking of which, actually, friend of the show, Scott Mendelson from Forbes, um, he was featured on a special feature in the new Blu-ray release of Batman that came out uh, last week. And um, so beyond just shouting out that, because that's pretty cool for Scott Mendelsohn, who we you know love having on the show, we also did a commentary track for the 1989 Batman film with him. And if you guys want to check that out, this will be the time to do it, because that's a solid comment. It was a really fun commentary to do. So. Hi, Scott. And, uh, okay, so let's move on now. Let's, uh, let's get to know everybody. Each week we ask each other a few questions, try to set the tone for the podcast, and better get to know no everybody. Wasn't <laughs> it's a, bad. It's been a few weeks, but I think we got that. It was pretty good. Yeah. So, um, I just have one question for you guys, and it's okay. pretty simple. Is there a biblical story that you'd want to see adapted for the big screen?
1: Hmm. Mm. Pass. <laughs> Boy, that is. A I'd like to see my story question Harry. because I, <laughs> I wonder if it's just inherently difficult to do these in a way. And I'm coming at this from not having liked Noah this year. And as we'll see soon, not being particularly high on Exodus either. And I just wonder if there's so much baggage with them, so much association, no matter what your background, but maybe particularly if you're raised on these stories, um, that just a movie version is never going to be able to be complete for you in some way. Um, I guess there are some that have done it better than others, certainly, but is there a story that, boy... I don't know. I, uh, Maybe honestly, Genesis. Maybe, you know, just like the first couple of chapters of Genesis, um, the creation itself. Although I think Terrence Malick did a pretty good job of that already.
0: I, I, honestly, I mean, before Mel Gibson went, you know, crazy, I was uh, I was um, looking forward to seeing him do a, a movie about the Maccabees, which would be like, you know, Hanukkah 2015. Sure, sure. I feel like there's there's a story there, and it doesn't really rely necessarily <laughs> on, like, key prophets like Moses or, or or noah it relies more on kind of
1: as well-known figures yeah right yeah so, that I mean, might be that... a little dicey now though, given uh gibson's recent history so oh, yeah like now i wouldn't necessarily be pining
0: to see mel gibson's maccabee movie but i would still say that right. story could lend, lend itself to something depending on how they handled it but yeah the, the weight would be off the shoulders i think of representing certain key figures in biblical history um mm-hmm. so but, yeah yeah mm. We'll see. Good question. We'll, we'll see. I guess as the time goes on, and these, been, when we get to our kind of our our Avengers of biblical epics, I hope where we have Noah and Moses, yes. and I assume Joshua and his coat of many colors. All, all in They're one all movie. in
2: New York, though, right? Yeah. So they're all hanging out Stark Tower.
0: No, they'll be they'll be like in the Hamptons. I oh, think.
2: okay, all right. They're vacationing, and they'll then they get in. called up.
0: <laughs> well, that's because okay, the... by
2: Agent Coulson, of course. Yeah. So. Of course. All that right. Makes perfect sense. <laughs> question for you guys. Yeah. What would you guys use, animal or otherwise, to turn the Nile blood red? In this one, they use crocodiles, just <laughs> killing everybody. Yes. Yes.
0: I would probably use some hungry, hungry hippos. I feel like that'd that would be a good way to – would
1: be vicious. <laughs> well, and aren't, aren't hippos more dangerous than alligators? Yes. They, so... they kill alligators, don't they?
0: Yeah, they do. And uh, Abe, as you know, I was
2: in Africa last year, you know this, and I was telling yes. you how
0: dangerous hippos are regarded as. <laughs> I mean, I think want...
2: that they wanted you to put your head inside of one's head or mouth, and you're like, no, no, thank you. And think of how amazing the, like, the GIFs would be if there was a CGI hippo fest in Exodus. Oh my god, it'd be crazy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's really just, what we should be thinking you about. You see the video
2: game, and they're just... Uh, somebody's gonna create that right now. The, the
0: iOS revenue that you'd get for mobile games of Exodus adapted as Hungry Hungry Hippos would be incredible. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Turn the Nile red. It's only ninety eight percent.
1: All right. I
0: think we've sufficiently. How about, how about yeah, maybe?
1: Yeah. Um, I'm thinking here. You know, what was it? Piranha 3D was that the last one? They could have gone Piranha 4D colon Exodus <laughs> dash the Nile part one, and just unleashed all the piranha uh, into the Nile. That might have worked. That would bring the two. Two franchise together, you know.
0: Josh's excellent use yeah. of franchise callback and punctuation just ensured that he'll be back on this podcast at some point.
2: You sir, <laughs> well, two gold stars. <laughs> yeah. All right,
0: so not now. I think we've sufficiently answered our questions, and that's how we play. No,
2: know everybody. everybody.
0: Okay, let's uh, let's um, we get we have to do things a bit a little bit differently this week. So we're going to jump straight into the review, Woo. and uh, we'll do that. So now let's get into it. Let's talk about Exodus colon gods and kings.
3: You say that your God did?
4: I am the God! I am the God!
3: Moses, they are animals.
4: I will drown them in the Nile, as you should have been. I don't think so.
0: That should have been some of the trailer for Exodus, and Gods and Kings, which is the latest film from director Ridley Scott, who has not been a stranger to this sort of film, which allows him to present lots of visual grandeur to go with his sprawling stories brought together by a few key characters. This time around, we have Christian Bale and Joel Edgerton representing Moses, and Ramesses II, men raised as brothers in Egypt, only to find themselves on opposite sides once it is revealed that Moses is not only a Hebrew, but he's been tasked by God to free the Hebrew slaves in Egypt. Yes, it's the same Exodus story, um, and with that said, uh, Josh, where, where do you stand with Ridley Scott in his sort of post-Gladiator career up to now, and what did you think of Exodus?
1: Yeah, you know, Ridley Scott is a filmmaker who I think there's always a chance he's going to be doing something pretty fantastic, just given his long career in the track record and doing uh, some great things like Blade Runner and Alien. Uh, recently, though, maybe I'm a little bit more cautious uh i I was not you know a huge fan of prometheus so that already you know i'm not on the bandwagon recently and when i heard about this project you know i was cautious for a couple reasons and maybe scott was one of them i figured he would do it big you could count on that um but otherwise what else would he do with this really familiar story well you know that was kind of up in the air and i think in the end you know I don't want to be too dismissive of this film because you can see on the screen, the amount of work that went into it, uh, just the scale, you know, the number of people involved in this thing and the artists and the craftsmen, and hopefully we'll get to a point and maybe sooner if either of you guys really went for the movie, uh, but we can get to a point and talk about the things that are done well. But the bottom line for me is this was occasionally a hoot, but not nearly enough. So I was surprised at how slow and how much of a slog this was both narratively and visually a lot of the time in its use of CGI. And I'm not someone who dismisses CGI out of hand. I, I think it's, you know, can be a very effective tool for contemporary filmmakers. Here, it just became CGI heavy in a bad way. Uh, dull narratively, as I said, in that middle section, particularly where Moses is off in Midian, I believe it is, and begins a family and so forth. Uh, And the only things that kept me alive and watching it for a while, we mentioned one of them, the Killer Croc sequence, which (laughs) is, you know, we're just on the ridiculous, but in a good way. And a couple of the performances that I think chose to go or at least maybe unwillingly tapped into the vein of camp that can make these Bible epics enjoyable. And I would say uh, Joel Edgerton was primary among them, also Ben Mendelsohn. Those two guys are doing something which is, yeah, playing the story straight, but also Mendelssohn, I think, purposefully giving you a, a bit of camp there to keep you entertained. And Edgerton, I don't know if he meant to, but it certainly came off that way with the snakes and the overall yeah. boy George persona he seemed to adopt.
4: How do you know Moses? You know how I know him. So you're not his sister then? Of course not.
3: Place your arm on the table. Rameses.
4: Don't take this any further. Don't take this any further. What? Do not take this any further. Are you quite sure about that?
3: Get your hand off it or use it now.
4: Then I'll proceed.
3: Miriam, I'm going to ask you again. And if your answer is again no,
4: I apologize for what happens next. Are you his sister? No. I'd say the
0: same for Ewan and Bremner in his small role as well.
1: Oh yeah, he was—he was the um, like, like the priest, right?
0: Yeah, like dictating how the plagues were happening.
1: Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Definitely. Yeah. The, so, so you can see see what I mean, like just kind of the what those performers were tapping into compared to the rest of the cast, I think. Unless there's somebody else who struck you that way too. Um, it just kind of t- tapped into the, the camp mode that was underlying this movie, but not enough for it to kind of be something that was fun in that way to watch. I mean, it was it was a real drag for me. I'll be honest uh, with you. And it, and it's what two forty something like it's it's that. It's like uh,
0: two, and a, Good two yeah. and a half A time. Two and a half. Two twenty, yeah.
1: 20, yeah. 20
0: five.
4: Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. But uh, Abe, what would you think? But 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 boring. Uh, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought the movie was it's quite boring. Like... It, it's it's yeah. it's one of those movies where uh you can't really do anything to it, and I, I'm i pretty sure that if you did something to it in terms of, wow, now Moses has like dual-wielding machine guns. It's like, whoa, well now you're just being a little bit over the top here. This is not how the story of Moses goes, and this is not how the Hebrews were freed from Egypt. Uh, so you can't really put it, your own spin on it, per se, so the only things that you can really do are just keep it up with the times in terms of, this is how the CGI looks, this is how, you know, the story might be told a little bit more differently instead of like a beautiful full part. There was still some water and then they still had to wade through it and whatever else. But the movie is, uh, there were some camp parts that you mentioned because there's some parts where even Ramses is just like, he calls up his little soothsayer person and she gets hanged. I thought that it was just, it kind of slothed through some of the, some of the story and then, you're introduced to some of these characters, like like Joshua and uh, Aaron, um, and they're kind of just put there in the third act a little bit more heavily. It's not as though I, you know, I'm I'm faulting anybody for saying well for for writing such a poor script per se because this is based off of you know uh, some biblical text no, I, would, uh, I would say it's a
0: poor script i would agree
2: okay. i would go that far. i mean i didn't want to say like well you know you know i can't believe that moses actually did that this is more of a well yeah in you know, terms of
0: like the story yes i mean there's a story to base right. things off of but when you have joe ledgerton saying something like from an economic standpoint this is mad it's yeah. like what is right. that?
1: <laughs> yeah so well I mean, and i think you're i think abe you're you're touching on a certain predictability which okay we know we all know how the story goes exactly right Uh, so there's only so much maybe you can do, but I was surprised by that too, except for one element we'll get to, which I think was the best thing about the film that, you know, is a different interpretation of the text. Mm -hmm. Aside from that, this is, you know, largely, if not what is in the actual scriptural text, what is in the popular understanding of this narrative that's come to be. And it follows those footsteps fairly closely, which makes it, if they're not going to do that interestingly or maybe, um, and we can talk about the lead performance, have someone who's compelling enough there to bring you through it, then it's a little dull, yeah.
4: Yeah,
2: and just my two final general points here. Uh, I did like Joel Edgerton a lot in this movie because I thought that he had the most to-do in terms of his, his uh, uh, whatchamacallit, okay. his transition from you know kind of uh, friendly with Moses into foe and then the other thing is in terms of like the whitewashing of the cast which we talked about uh, on a new on a weekly roundup episode it's really interesting that everyone has these accents and then Sigourney Weaver shows up with like no accent It's like, hmm, okay, thanks a lot, Sigourney Weaver, for being in the movie. She's the
0: only one that seems like she's playing dress-up, which I don't really (laughs) mind, because, like, I don't – like, the whitewashing thing, that's one thing. But it's like, if you're going to have – like, what do accents do? Like, what does that add to the story? Like, if you're not not going to speak in the language, what does an accent mean?
2: That's true, yeah. I mean, like, no one here is speaking in whatever – of the world that There's they're... plenty
0: of other politics we can get into about kind of yeah. having
2: a white lead cast
0: while all the slave characters and everyone yeah. that's basically not royalty is of a, of, of a non-white persuasion. But I don't yeah. even want to get, get into that right now. I mean we can we can do that if we want to. Yeah. I feel well, like the same story is being
1: told. The thing that's interesting about that, Aaron, and, and I heard you guys talk about that on uh, – I don't know if it was your previous show or the one before that. And I was thinking about it in terms of this camp factor. And I think beyond the fact of you know if you have an objection to – this being an all white cast that that is one element that's worth considering and and talking about. But I think if you're going to go that route, you're almost courting the camp factor, perhaps a little bit, because then you have this issue of variety of accents and unnatural accents. Mm -hmm. And you have these people who, to some degree, just look out of place and in many cases, silly. Uh, And and so I think there that's another it's a little bit of a separate issue. but, But I think the whitewashing makes the camp factor a little bit higher,
4: That's an interesting um, at least for point. me. Yeah.
1: And I should
0: say, I, you know, I tend to say this when we're all kind of in agreement, but we, Abe and I try not to tell each other what we thought of these movies ahead of time, so we're, you know, fairly surprised. And that's pretty much the case here, because I didn't know what Abe thought of it, but at the same time, I pretty much agree with him oh, and okay. and uh, and Josh. Um, I, I'm not a fan of this movie, which is a shame, because I do I do think there there was a chance to do, obviously not something different with the story, because the story is what it is, but, you know, to have a, have a kind of a different angle on it and like for example ridley scott's robin hood a film that i also am not a huge fan of it at least tried to do something with that story where it, it, and that's not you know something set in stone necessarily in the same way that <laughs> the ten commandments are um, there's a pun um but
4: <laughs> it, um, it,
0: there's ways where you could show like moses being this kind of defiant leader and depict him in certain kinds of light where obviously he's the protagonist of this film but he is you know you could say that you could put him in a way of Not necessarily like a terrorist, but like someone that, you know, certainly shows what it means of what he is doing or have more weight given to aspects of his cause or just anything like that. But instead, the script by Steve Zalian, you know, Oscar winner Steve Zalian and his you know, the team of writers involved. It's just it's so straightforward and not very interesting. And it doesn't it doesn't do nearly enough to make Moses this kind of weighty figure that has to have, you know, go about this enormous task of freeing hundreds of thousands of people from Egypt, and that that was my main issue with it, where – as opposed to like Noah, which – and I understand, Josh, you're not a fan of Noah, and I, Abe, I don't think you were a huge fan
2: of Noah either, right? I wasn't huge, but I mean there's some very good comparisons that I'd make later. But, regar-
0: but regardless of thoughts on Noah, I, I'd at least argue that uh, Russell Crowe in that film is doing a tremendous job of kind of showing the weight of the task being given Correct. to him.
4: Yeah, I I agree with
0: that. Yeah, and that's something that I would definitely praise over something like this, where just as much as I like Christian Bale and as effective as I find him in, you know, hollering in certain scenes with Joel Edgerton and just, you know, being a good actor that he is, if there's some kind of Ridley Scott director's cut, which I would not be doubting because there generally is a Ridley Scott director's cut, I would like to hope that it gives a lot more weight to this character, to this Moses that we're supposed to be following, because as it stands, it's just like, another kind of gritty Bale character and in this yeah. kind of mode of gritty
1: biblical action hero characters where I just, it's, <laughs> yeah, it, he's yeah. Now, yeah, he's a shepherd now, Aaron, he's <laughs> a shepherd. He really, it really made me, you know, reconsider Christian Bale a lot. I don't, I don't know what you could have done with this part because yeah. it is so predetermined perhaps, but he, you know, people consider him one of the top tier actors we have going right now. And, and I, you know, watching this two hours, your mind starts to two and a half hours, your mind starts to drift. I, I started to think, you know, how much do I really like Christian Bale? Because the films of his that I like the best, I don't know that I like because of him. Uh, You know, the the Dark Knight series uh, is, you know, I would put him down on the list of what I appreciate about those films. And uh, something like The Fighter, I actually liked Mark Wahlberg's performance better there. Um, And there are other things where now this is all being said when I thought maybe Bale's best performance or favorite of mine came in last year's American Hustle. But think of Think of what a different sort of disappearing act that is, and here we have sort of the the fallback bail, which is this brooding guy he broods here more than he does in all three batman pictures yeah. <laughs> and i don 't know that it works that effectively there and and here it 's just incredibly flat
2: yeah, and one of the things that I, that you know you guys have alluded to and Aaron pointed out explicitly is just the comparison between this and Noah, which is. Darren Aronofsky, his films tend to be a little bit more of, like, character-driven in terms of the turmoil that they're going through. Um, and I I really enjoyed that part of Noah, which is, you know, he's, he's being spoken to by God, and he's saying, like, well, I've got to follow the word. But at the same time, I've got to do all these very difficult decisions that I personally have problems with, but I've got to follow the word. And Moses, it's kind of like here and there, in and out, uh, in terms of um, uh, his discussions with, uh, you know, the Almighty – um, Even and more so, like he's he's hardly a player in like the third in the third act or whatever you want to call, it, where the plagues start to happen. Where he's just kind of like he's kind of sitting back and watching. Yeah, right?
0: like he does. He's a really he's almost a passive character. In, yeah. Where he's and like minus he's minus his,
2: that one line where he's like you know hey you know hey God this is actually really hard for me to watch there's, this is happening to people that I know. Um, there's not a whole lot in terms of like the conflict, which is what you're driving at, Aaron. Which is you know where's where's that like sense of like uh, difficulty of Going through with this task, um, even though, um, because you know that he's a vengeful god in the uh, in the Old Testament, right? So it's it's one of those things where I wish that they <laughs> back had when, done back that, when God right? was cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, when he
1: was when he was harder. When he, god, when he was right? badass. <laughs> yeah. This is this is substitute part one. And you guys are you, you guys are getting around or near the part I really liked is the movie's depiction of that God. This so decision which. of you know, depicting God, or at times it's the angel of God, but there are other times where he speaks and and says, I am as this petulant little boy, I thought really worked. And it was the one thing in the movie, it was the saving grace for me. I mean, I, I think the young actor is fantastic in it. Isaac Andrews is his name. And he just has this, you know, this amusing impudence. He's, he's clearly a kid, but you hear these things coming out of his mouth. And when he's pissed, he's
4: pissed. Yeah, you
1: know. And and I find that kind of amusing as a juxtaposition of this all-powerful being then c- coming in this form. Um, so I really like that actually, and it's it's an example of where they were relatively true to the text, but decided to do something interesting by tweaking it just a bit. So so the crocodiles, you know, beginning the the bloodbath in the River Nile is just kind of a silly way to do it to me um but this and maybe it's something to do with the fact is that it's these cgi crocodiles and it's just another example of the cgi overblownness. and here we've just got two actors looking at each other and embodying this huge cosmic struggle and you're expecting two people to do it with their faces isaac andrews the boy does it really well and i I think in those scenes they're probably bale's best scenes Mm -hmm. i would agree and it's funny you bring up like the plagues which
0: I found to be entertaining just because of seeing plagues on the screen is like, I haven't seen that before in a, you know, a modern kind of setting besides maybe what that Hillary Swank movie about plagues, but um which no one needs to remember ever. The Hillary yeah. Swank movie. yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like the Revenant or
1: something it's like a that. A lot of that in, in a swamp. I think I saw that, but I, I don't remember it all too well. It's like, yeah,
0: it's like in a swamp
1: setting somewhere,
0: but what <laughs> what's, what's neat about like, cause that it's, it's, it's like Ridley Scott trying to, and you know his team and whatever, trying to kind of find a find a a way of explaining plagues in a grounded sense to the extent that they can be, given that they're you know based out of God's power. Um, and so you have like yeah, crocodiles did it, and then and then like you eventually get yeah. like the locusts, and that brings on the 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 uh, the maggots and like then right. stuff. And it's <laughs> it's this mix of like, well, we're trying to do things realistically to an extent, but it's also right. the, it's also the campiest scenes of the movie. And the, so it's like. Yeah. Yeah, getting at least we've gotten past this kind of slog of a second act of Bale trying to find himself, despite not creating a character that's compelling enough for us to be able to be led by. And then it gets into this: hey, look how funny we can be, even though it's not you know hitting us over the head with comedy, but like we can like be hilarious with Ewan Bremner trying to explain things, right. While at the same time grounding the plagues in some kind of reasonable reality. Except when you get to like the death of the firstborn, cause it's just like you know what, just a shadow because we don't know what else we can do to make yeah, that. Yeah, which fashion. is. Which is a,
1: you know, and that's fairly creepy and effective. I thought um, yeah. when they when they get to the the death at the end, but in between there, I mean, you got the crocodiles in the shadow. It's all a blur to me. I mean, I, I don't think any of those really stand out as particularly, um, you know, I can't remember. It, it just seems like this this rush of creepy crawlies and things falling from the air, and that that was it. This long sequence. Um, it opens with some, you know, entertaining ridiculousness and then closes with something that was fairly I effect- fairly effective, I thought. Um, but in between, it was just kind of a blur.
0: And with all that said, I mean, the movie does have the grandeur. Like, Scott's able to do that for sure. Like, it, there's the, – the best example I have is probably not even the most expensive one. But there's one where – there's a scene where Christian Bale, as a shepherd, he's like he's – de- he's talking with, like, his wife or someone or his son. And he takes a sheep and he, like, flips it over. And he starts like cutting at its feet to like get its feet all right and everything. It's the kind of thing where it's like a little detail. But someone, like, trained Christian Bale for, like, probably, like, a couple days <laughs> to, like, be able to raise a sheep and just so you can show this, like, tiny yeah. scene. to. Uh, how do you know someplace.
2: he wasn't raised a sheep farmer?
0: I, he's from Wales. They don't have sheep there. No, I, I made okay. that up. Wales people write us <laughs> in. I don't know. No, Sorry. Welsh people. Welshmen write us in on that one. Yeah. But regardless, it's just an example of how the money's on the screen. Like, you can definitely see that in this production. Like, from the CGI to the extras to the sets to the production yeah. design. Absolutely. It's all there. It's a shame that it's not being put to better use. But like it's hard to fault the movie for being like certainly a big screen experience. I just wish it was a better one.
1: And maybe there's you know there's also one thing I can credit it for too. And and this probably goes to Scott, but there are a couple of instances where he purposefully seems to have a pinpoint small object at the center or somewhere in this in the frame, and just behind it is this huge. Huge scope of something and the one that comes to mind is which they play up on the poster is the horse before the wall of water and that seems to be a recurring motif that that i think is fairly effective use of the cgi to create that scope in the background and also just root whatever object it is he's focusing on in the middle to to kind of give us a sense of the again the cosmic scale that this story is taking place on and sort of the power behind it and the people caught uh, as individuals in the middle so I liked that decision and I think that's more effective use of CGI sometimes than when you get these massive crowd scenes or massive army scenes coming together and, and you know don't, do we get, again, here, I saw The Hobbit, I think, the day after this, so I might be confused, but isn't there the crashing two armies here as well? Yeah, we get that. Uh, that yeah, we've gotten yeah, a lot almost, of that. Because if, there's, that. if you
0: need to open up Exodus some way, it's by having a giant battle scene Ridley Scott style.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, with, with that shot that we've seen a million times. So, you know, those kind of just cause my eyes to glaze over, but those few shots where he roots a small object against a large backdrop, I think were pretty effective.
0: I would agree and I'd even argue for the three D in this film. Not that I needed to see Exodus Gods and Kings as a three D oh, feature. But it's like Really? I I'd argue that it's at least good. I, I'm not saying that I need this suite to be that way or if you if you have to see it see it in three D, but I think Ridley Scott is a person that's sir, he's he's found a way to you to incorporate that element to the best of his abilities, I would say.
1: Yeah, I guess I yeah. put three D in a, in a couple in three categories probably is like It bettered the movie somehow. Coraline is always my go-to for that. I didn't notice it, so fine, you ripped me off. I had to pay a couple extra dollars. Or (laughs) this was worse in 3D. And I guess this is probably on the line between the last two because at least, you know, it didn't darken the exterior scenes, but the 3D probably did make a lot of those nighttime palace scenes a little more dim than they needed to be. It's a very dour film overall. Is, yeah,
0: mm-hmm. um, and it's and, it's um, interesting that this is the film in three D. Like I saw Night at the Museum three this past week, and it's like if you had to think like offhand which movie you'd expect to be in three D, you probably wouldn't pick Exodus between the two of those. Yet yeah, this is the one that is in three D. <laughs>
4: like <yeah>.
2: why? <laughs>
4: <laughs> Nobody yeah. wants
2: to see a Tilda Hunt in three D. <laughs> uh, what you guys think of the side characters? Ben Kingsley, Aaron Paul, John Turturro. Aaron Boy. Paul has, like, what, what does he have to do in this movie? <laughs> yeah. He's, yeah. They, they probably told him, like, hey, we'll let you be in the movie, but you can only say two words, and none of it can be bitch or Mr. White.
1: It's, and yeah. and Totoro, I mean, he he should have been on the camp bandwagon, right? I mean, yeah. Coach <laughs> so, Billy I'm Sunday from a, He Got Game? <laughs> I saw him come out, and, I, you know, I it took me a second. I'm like, John Totoro? Because I didn't know he was in it. Is Not it John Totoro? Tur- Tur- is it no that can't be that is oh this is going to be good and instead it was just dull so it was kind of a disappointment for me <laughs> abe goes to like he got game on so many
2: things
4: <laughs> like that's this your one... <laughs> <laughs> in terms of
2: if you want the camp yeah you go to the you can go to uh transformers but he's pretty campy i mean, if that, he got game. Well, that, I mean that's your like spike lee movie of choice for john <laughs> that
0: one, that
4: is
2: one sticks guy. in your mind huh
0: <laughs> but like yeah in terms of side character like aaron paul yeah he does nothing john totoro is just kind of like, yeah, I'm the I'm playing like the the wise father guy, and then I die. And uh, then Ben Ben Mendelsohn, he's having a lot of fun. It's funny. I just saw the movie uh, Start Up, which I know I know you guys have talked about on film spotting quite a bit, actually, Josh.
1: Yeah, great film. It is a
0: great film, and he's excellent in it. And I'm watching him here, and it's like, wow, this yeah, this is the other end where it's like, well, he's smarmy <laughs> viceroy guy. It's yeah. like all
1: right. He's just having fun here, right?
0: Yeah. And then and, and
1: see that yeah. helps because it it lets us have a little bit of fun. What, do,
0: what doesn't help is having someone like Sigourney Weaver where it's yeah. like, it's like, why is wh- like the like, it probably falls in the category of just, it's just distracting, right? It is because it's yeah. like, it's not like the marketing's pushing her. It's not like she's on any poster. It's not like she plays a significant part in this movie. Yet it's like, did we we just we need another white actress? Like that's all that I get from this apparently because that's it because it matches the. <laughs> it's actually a
2: plug for the future Avatar movies. This is actually a prequel to the. Or, Avatar Or
0: movies. like Ridley Scott was like, you know what? Sigourney has been in one of my movies for a while. Let me I can get her <laughs> back. Get in her movie. back.
2: <laughs> yes. Sneak to you for Alien Seven. But yeah,
0: it's just yeah, you have all these supporting characters and they they don't amount to much. I. I'm not even going to get to how Aaron, who is my namesake, is barely featured in this movie, despite how heavily of a present he is a presence he is in the Exodus story. But uh, <laughs> I can understand the decision why, because you're supposed to put everything on Christian Bale. So having having his yeah. brother, who's you know known as the speaker, a speaker, having him take away a lot of what you know Moses is supposed to be doing in this movie from a cinematic standpoint i can understand that
1: yeah and that's probably part of the decision too Uh, one of you had mentioned you know how there isn't much conflict once the plagues are underway that moses is kind of on the sidelines i think that's because they they totally get rid of the the section where moses is called but pushes back and and says you know no i'm not the right guy for this you don't get that at all instead which all which all happens previous to the plagues you know in the text so you, they've kind of moved that into the plagues where now Moses is is sort of um, you know questioning whether the plagues are the right strategy, right? He's, he's the, the military strategist that he wanted to do that, um, and God has decided, no, we're going to work with these plagues. So there's a little bit of conflict there, but they've excised all of Moses' conflict earlier, which is when Aaron comes in as the speaker, as you said, Aaron. So, yeah. so by deciding to cut him out there, it's almost like they also decide to cut out that – um, that dilemma, that inner dilemma Moses has, and maybe missed an opportunity for, for enriching that character a little bit earlier.
0: Which, again, makes me wonder if there's some other cut of this movie that, you know, is longer, but maybe it's more sufficient. And I, can't, I, don't, I don't like assuming that that exists just because of the past. Yeah, it stomping, could be, though. Yeah, I, I feel like there's a chance that there probably is, like, more stuff with Bale in the desert before he kind of gets underway with shouting out orders to to Ramesses, but I don't I don't know and so it's there's no there's nothing really to review there just but the film that I saw it just doesn't have the weight it needs to really convey the Moses story and it's not campy enough to yeah. be more entertaining so it's just this kind of blah mix that doesn't go anywhere and is a letdown, (laughs) essentially. What do you think of uh, Cecil D. DeMille's Ten Commandments, Josh?
1: It's been so long since I've seen that, and I didn't get a chance to revisit it. It That one's like almost four hours, right? It is. Something like that, something crazy. I want to say it's, it's maybe Benson's childhood since I've seen that. And, you know, that would be a difficult one to revisit because my guess is now, seeing it as an adult, it would appear to be completely through the lens of camp. And so then, you know, you ask, it has Charlton Heston for one thing. So then you ask yourself, you know, am I even giving this movie a fair shot? I don't know. And it kind of goes back to that opening question. Um, You know, you asked about what Bible stories would you like to see? I mean, how do you do something like this that's going to resonate uh, as a true narrative and cast it in a way where it's not going to seem silly, where you have someone like Charlton Heston in a beard like that. You know, it, it's just, it's a real tough call. It's a, it's a high bar for a filmmaker to meet. And so I'll, I'll go back to what I said at the stop, start is that I, I don't want to be dismissive of this film because um, it was a real challenge that Ridley Scott took on here. And it, and it's, you know, daunting for someone like Christian Bale to say, yeah, I'm going to play Moses um, because there's a, a slim chance of that really turning out and it just didn't here yeah i mean
0: to, to look looking at the cecil B. mill film when you have edward g robinson saying where's your messiah now it's like hard to really <laughs> take anything seriously take,
4: take that seriously <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so i so, but like that movie it's done in a different style and it you know it came from a different era where you can kind of you can accept right. a movie like that more and yeah, you know, watching it now certainly there's some you know difficulty in trying to take it too serious but it it just kind of it fits with what it's trying to do and this movie just it fits into this time frame of like having this grounded and yes gritty action portrayal of something but at the same time I've seen other movies that have done that much more effectively other ridley scott movies that have done that much more effectively and this one just doesn't it just it just doesn't seem to the I feel, I, I feel like the script is a big problem, just kind of the dialogue these people speak, because there's if anything could punch it up, it'd be having something more playful to go on. And I think some of the characters certainly try that, but it's just, yeah, it's just kind of a slug.
1: Yeah, well, they definitely stick with the grounded dirty. I mean, Christian Bale, it's, it's weird. He's so dirty here that it's almost like he looked at the extras and if he saw someone who was a little bit dirtier than him. <laughs> He went back to makeup and was like, no, I need some more because I'm going to be the dirtiest guy in this movie. He was going for that aspect.
0: Yeah, he's winning the Oscar for most beards as well, I think, in this movie also. (laughs) Longest
2: for not taking a shower goes to Christian Bale.
0: Um, Yes. And I mean, we're making fun, but I mean, I'm, I have no doubt that he, you know, probably invested all of himself into this role. Like, I'm, I'm agreeing
2: with that. Yeah, I mean, like he probably he probably did a lot for the role. And um, you
0: know, in the day, you know, it's not like he knows that he's in a movie that's not going to turn out well. He just he's doing what he can, and so it's like I I I wish him the best. You, Same you think that when actors. he was making
2: Terminator Salvation, he's like, yeah, this movie is going to be the best.
0: I mean, he was so into it, he got into a whole press snap with his a... with his anger
2: on stage, <laughs> like <laughs> he clearly. We are so over.
0: <laughs> but um. Any other thoughts on Exodus, Gods and Kings before we uh, get to our rating of it? No, no. Okay, <laughs> then uh, let's 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 rate the film. Yeah, then. I, think uh, I covered it. Yeah, let's let's rate the film. Then each week now and out now we try to rate films based on when you should go and see them. And with that said, Josh, when would you say people should go and see Exodus,
1: if at all? Boy. So if you're all interested, you've got to see it on on the big screen, right? Um, I don't think I don't think you wanna. If you want to see this at home and you're not that interested, you're just not going to enjoy it. And the things that I talked about that I did like, that use of scope and scale on occasion, will benefit from a big screen. So maybe this doesn't work in your rating system. If you're all interested, go see it in the theater. If you weren't that interested, you'll live without it.
2: <laughs> Abe? Yeah, I'd say probably just premium cable like HBO or something.
0: Yeah, I would say if you can get if you can get a good setting <laughs> to see this at home, that would be preferable because it's hard to not recommend a movie like this with the scale that it has on the big screen, but it's just not really good. So I mean it's it, it's a tricky it's a tricky balance there. So I would say yeah, <laughs> wait till you get, you know, if you have a big screen to watch it on. Yeah, you can check it out and see what you think, but for, yeah, I just it's, it's it's somewhat of a letdown because I was I was pulling for it. I don't want I didn't want this not to be good, but at the same time it just didn't work out. So <laughs> that's, that's where it is. Um. All right, let's uh some quick movie callback here. Real
2: quick. Callback, callback, callback.
0: This is on Josh where we uh, talk about maybe some movies that – or just mention some movies that I might have thought of kind of during or after said movie that we might have been reminded of. And do you have any uh movies like that for, for Exodus?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I think we probably mentioned the main two. I did regret not again getting a chance to revisit Ten Commandments because I think that would have helped illuminate the camp question for me a little bit and when that matters, when it doesn't. Uh, and Noah as well. I like I said, I wasn't high on Noah, but I think I will say, when I saw it, I criticized Noah for not having enough Darren Aronofsky in it. But after having seen Exodus, um, it certainly was a more personal project, than this is for Ridley Scott. And I think that probably makes Noah the more interesting picture.
4: Mm.
0: Which is, you know, and I forgot to bring this up, but this is a shame because, like, he, at the very end of the yes. of this movie, yeah. it says for my brother Tony Scott, and. Right. Not yeah. that that necessarily leads into what this movie could have been. But at the same time, this is a movie that's being, you know, the posters even say they were brothers. Like there's this is this kind of theme. Of bro- and that's not even much of a thing here. Like, it seems like the beginning of of Exodus, it's really emphasizing how these two are brothers. Yeah. and They should do anything to each other. And that thread right. just seems
1: like it's, but it, it's in an kind obligatory of obligatory way. Right. Yeah. I, and it, I, yeah. It, it, in it that, way. There are so many elements that are obligatory. It, it, right. with, the, with the Brothers thing, it just seems like it could be,
0: could have been dropped, like another thing
2: that if there's some kind of director's cut, maybe yep. there's more to it, but it just it feels like it goes nowhere. And I was kind of hoping that there would be more to it, because again, in the beginning, they play it pretty strongly in terms of these two swords that are given. Hey, hey, this one's not mine, it's yours. No, 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 it's so you guys can watch each other's backs. It's like And then later, yeah, it kind of just goes by the wayside. They mention it a few times here and there, but not really so much so in terms of the struggle that that could have brought as well.
0: I guess from an economic standpoint it just wasn't worth it.
2: <laughs> well, don't live like a king cuz you're not that one. That was probably it. Yeah. Abe, any uh, callbacks? Yeah, Gladiator, Thor and Prince of Egypt.
0: All right. I have yeah, Noah, Gladiator, Robin Hood, uh Ten Commandments and and Ben-Hur. Just get all the get all the biblical epics out of the way. History of the World Part 2. And um so with that, Josh, I know you're going to going to depart from us now, but I just want to ask you real quick, what should people go and see
1: in theaters now? Uh Really good question. Um, is the Babadook still in theaters? Do you know, or was that only on, on demand?
0: The, the Babadook is on okay. VOD. It's
1: on VOD, and it has a kind of a, a really limited release. Um, I think it's yeah. Fun. that's so, so if that limited release is around you, you want to go see it because um, really great horror film. I know both of you guys liked it. I believe. And, um, you want to see it with an audience, right? If you can, a horror film. So, um, so do that, but if you can't, then watch it at home. Cause you'll probably be a little bit more freaked out even watching it at home in the yeah. dark, but it's really, really strong from Jennifer Kent, uh, debut writer, director. And, uh, yeah, I, great lead performance, definitely worth tracking down. I completely great. agree. All right. Um, uh, well, before you go, Josh, where can people find more of your work online? So film spotting is, yeah, available like you guys are on iTunes. That's the best way to download the podcast. Uh, FilmSpotting.net is the website. And uh, I do written reviews as well. That's at LarsonOnFilm.com. You can find me under Larson on Film, you know, pretty much everywhere, Facebook, Twitter, Letterboxd. Uh, it's a lot of fun uh, talking to people on there. So just uh, look me up at any of those spots. Great. Awesome.
0: All right. Well, Josh, thank you very much for Thanks, us Josh. letting us your time here to talk about Exodus.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, and
0: I, and I hope we'll uh, have you back on at some point soon as well.
1: Sounds good. Okay, so we're back. And uh, that was
0: fun talking with Josh from Film Spotting over there. Thanks again to him for joining our show with us. And um, now joining us all the way from sunny North Carolina, fresh out of a basket found in a river, it's Alan Aguilera.
4: Well, hello. Alan, it's
0: been a while. It's, it's been, a while. been a long time. It
4: has been a while.
3: I
0: don't remember the last time I was on. Was it the Comic-Con episodes? That was a while
3: ago. I know for sure. I'm those. I don't know if that might that might have been the last. No. Well. Hmm. We should spend, no, it lot, was, we should spend lots the time of time before thinking that was on Transformers.
0: We, Transformers was before that.
3: Yeah. No. No. I think Comic Con was the last thing it was on.
0: We should spend lots of time letting the listeners listen to us think. I'm <laughs> trying to think <figure> of that. Out.
3: <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: I can't think of it. No. I don't see anything else where you. No. Would... I don't. I don't think so. Yeah. All
3: right. Well. Good to have you back. <laughs> I know. Just you know. It's... Feels like home.
2: Yeah. Well, with that Aww. said, here's a warm hug for you. Thank you. Oh, with okay.
0: that in mind, let's do a little on our quickies. Tim? Each week on out now we have one main movie of the week that we talk about that we have as always day doing the week we're going to have our cookies. Tm. Honestly, that was gibberish. I'm not going to lie. Well,
2: <laughs> was... I mean, I let you skate by just because you know I know that you know what you're saying. I did know what I was saying, yeah. but I refused to actually say it this week. I just decided to speak in gibberish.
0: Um, with that said, Abe, have you seen any other movies this week?
2: No, I, I want to watch Top 5, but I had to do my laundry.
0: All right, good enough. Mm-hmm. Alan, you haven't been on for a while. What have you seen recently?
3: Um, A good movie that I've seen recently was Rosewater, that John Stewart movie.
2: Ah.
3: That was really, really good. I actually had to track that down around here in, in one of the Charlotte local like independent theaters, which we have one apparently, which is going to be really exciting towards the end of the year. But um, I tracked it down, and I made some Sunday out of it. And it was really good. I really enjoyed
0: it. I really liked Rosewater. I was a big fan of it too. I thought of a, I, I was a, I was a fan of 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 Stewart's kind of his the little flair that he put behind the camera, but just the kind of the the way the film worked out in general. I was a, I was a fan of that. What else have you seen, Alan?
3: Um, I saw Dumb and Dumber too, and it was awful. I think the last thing I saw was Horror Bosses too, and it was funny. just I ended up seeing a test me that like a year ago, and it felt exactly the same as. The test screening. And the test screening was like three hours long. This one was two hours long. So oh I don't my understand. God. I don't know what they cut. That sounds like yeah, more was torture a than. Really that long
0: that sounds like more torture than Garcia El Barnau and Rosewater <laughs> went through. <laughs> All right. I've seen a few things this week. I saw Top 5. This is the Chris Rock film. Woop woop. Uh, it's really good. Oh. Um, I What I think is what's great about it is that Chris Rock, who I, I, I like, I like Chris Rock quite a bit. Um, I like his stand up especially. In movies, he's ha- he's not the best actor. You know that. I think he even knows that. And it's been a tough for him to find, especially in comedies and ones that he's you know heavily involved. with, it's been tough for him to find a way to kind of both communicate his voice as well as you know act. And top five is the first time where you know he really does it. He manages to get like his voice out there while also acting, and it's very effective. Um, the, it's a it's it's a really fun film. It has a lot of great comedy in there. It has a lot of great comedic performers in there that is just like one thing is it's like two of the best cameos of the year in this movie but just like all the little roles in the film they're just a lot they're just a lot of fun just to kind of see these guys kind of verbally sparring with each other um and with all that in mind chris rock's also acting and there's also some amounts of drama in there and i really i really enjoy top five I, uh, definitely worth checking out um i also saw the theory of everything the stephen hawking film it's a very tr- very traditional biopic didn't do much for me, but I can't deny that Eddie Redmayne and Felicity Jones aren't very good in it because they are very good in it. Mm. So good on them. Um, and I also saw Startup. Um, this is a film it's on VOD currently. It's a film starring Jack O'Connell. That name will be familiar in weeks' time because he stars in Unbroken. And between the two Jack O'Connell British prison movies that I've seen, <laughs> Startup is definitely the better one. It is a fantastic film, and I definitely recommend seeking that out if you can.
2: But Unbroken comes out on Christmas. It's supposed to be the feel-good comedy or feel-good movie of the year.
0: I don't think anyone's saying that at all. Oh, okay. <laughs> the feel-good movie of the year. Yeah. Um, we'll th- we'll talk about Unbroken on another podcast, but yeah, it's uh, it's got things in it that's for sure.
2: Is Jack O'Connell a British? Oh, he is British. Yes, he is British. <laughs> okay.
0: Yes, he's very American in Unbroken. Well, he's very yeah, Italian American in Unbroken. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> but startup, he's very British, and the movie's very good. Okay. Okay. So that's out now, quickies. Tm. And let's take this time now to stop for a second and do our sponsor work here. Um, We've got to talk about Audible.com. Um, each week's podcast is brought to you by AudibleTrial.com, so shout out podcast. You can go to that link, and you can find one of the many, many audiobooks download, to download and choose from there. Um, this week, because we're talking about Exodus, I'm sure there's plenty of books about Exodus you can find on AudibleTrial.com. <laughs> so, you know, do that if you want, or anything else. You, yeah. can, down- you can download a book for free using the, the link that we give, we're we giving out here, AudibleTrial.com, so podcast. You can find a book, download for free, check out the service. If you don't like the service, you can get rid of it, but you get to keep that book for free anyway. So, with all that said, be a winner. Read or listen. Yay. AudibleTrial.com is a shout-out podcast. Yay. So let's move on now, guys. Let's get to trailers. And um, I figured let's do a couple trailers this week because there's some – both of them are kind of fun because one has Genesis in the title, and that's you know the, the exact opposite of Exodus. <laughs> and the other is uh, has a lot of uh, scope to it, just like Exodus. And uh, so let's start with that first one, Terminator Ob- Genesis Not Genesis. Genesis. Yeah.
3: Gen-
4: Pl- Genesis.
0: Plenty of ways to spell it. <laughs> Only one way to spell it, apparently, with a Y, as you'd assume. This is the latest entry in the Terminator franchise, which is like a sequel slash prequel slash reboot all in one, because that's the kind of convenient package that you want to get. And it features... Oh my god! It's <laughs> um, it so much stuff. It has. Jason, Are you actually going to get through all of it? I will. It has. Okay, Jace, it right. has Jason Clark as um as John Connor, who I like. I like that Jason Clark. It has fan favorite Jai Courtney as Kyle Reese. <laughs> it has Amelia Clark from Game of Thrones as Sarah Connor. It has Matt Smith in some capacity. It has Lee Byung hung as the T1000, and then you have Arnold Schwarzenegger as a Terminator. Um. The film apparently it features kind of some rewriting of history that we know of in the Terminator franchise, and that's all I'll say right now, just because I want to stop talking about it and let somebody else go. So Alan, what did you think of the trailer for Terminator Gen Um <laughs> It I
3: I don't yeah. <laughs> like I <don't> want to <laughs> watch it, but I like Salvation had a great trailer. It was an awful yeah. film.
0: Yeah, I like, agree. Salvation
3: had one of the best trailers of the year, and then the movie came out, and it wasn't wasn't good. The only best thing about that movie was the rant that Christian Bale had. So this film, um, like the scenes with Arnold, it's kind of cool, but how how's he how's he aging? Like I don't get it.
0: I think I think like Arnold explained it in some you know BS YouTube video. It's like yeah, the Terminator skin ages, so you know age.
4: Sure. <laughs>
3: Okay, like Jason Clark's in it, so i want to watch it because I watch every Jason Clark movie. That I've, I've noticed that I've gone to see every one of his movies. Um, it looks like a lot of fun, but still, I the, just call it a reboot. The, I, I'm fine with it if you want to call it that, like because it's not a sequel, because it's like it maybe an alternate dimension kind of thing, but still, it's just
2: just, it's, just it's call a, it a reboot. It's a sidequel. Uh, oh, I like that.
3: Can't they just say, listen? Like, they're going to shove it down our throats anyway. It's just easier for it to go down. And I'm going to watch it any I don't, I'm just, I'm not going to, I'm going to go see it. I, I saw Dumb and Dumber 2. I'll see this. <laughs> like, I have no problem watching it. I, I
0: wish people would make fun of you on your Facebook next year. Like, what? You saw Dumb and Dumber 2, you didn't see this? You jerk.
3: Oh, oh, yeah. No, do it. Do it. Do it all you want, because that movie was awful. Um, but I'll watch it. It's just, out of all the other trailers that have come out the past month, this one is the most forgettable, but it's also the one that, Compared to those E.W. photos that
4: came
3: out, mm-hmm. um, I don't like. Yeah, EW... Entertainment,
0: Entertainment Weekly published some like photos from Terminator, like, you know, the kind of just, like stand around the camera and take some pictures for us and they're like awful.
3: <laughs> just The worst things ever. Um, I equated them to almost the first batch of X-Men first class photo uh, posters that came out.
0: Or like the, um, what was it, the um, the Prometheus pictures that came
3: out. Exactly. Like it just. Wow, whoever's like
0: basically whoever's taking pictures for Entertainment Weekly is doing a terrible job. <laughs> this is right. an awful job. This is an awful job. Guys,
2: that's so, me. Abe, what did you think of the trailer for this movie? <laughs> no. uh, I'm not the one that takes the photos for Entertainment Weekly, just to be clear. But
3: I think whoever does that is for a Warner Brothers pictures because they always take pictures of terrible, terrible non Warner Brothers movies. Go ahead.
2: <laughs> uh, I'm actually kind of down with it. Um, yeah. Movie, yeah. Surprisingly, <laughs> the trailer was. Um, well, I didn't like how they were gonna send Kyle Reese back and I was like, Jai Courtney is much too large to be Kyle Reese. And Amelia Clark's
0: much too small to be Sarah Connor. To be Sarah <laughs> yeah. Car- <laughs> yeah.
2: But then when, when they when they were going through with it and they're like, Oh well it's just kind of a spin on the uh, the the original Terminator and he's going back in time and now Sarah Connor knows that he's going back through time. And so I, I just thought, well, maybe I'll just wash my hands of that and I'll just go along with this one to see where it takes me. I hope that I'm not sorely disappointed, which I I have I have some money in that pile too, but for the most part, I was thinking hmm, I'm kind of interested to see where this movie is going to take things. Uh, in terms of like reboot side side which I love, good job by you, Aaron. 300 Rise of an Empire inspired that one. <laughs> Sidequill, it's like, hmm, I wonder if this would be something that they would uh, continue on doing. But uh, yeah, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of on, I'm kind of on board here.
0: I saw a trailer this week, like a fan made trailer for Suicide Squad. That's the upcoming David Ayer film where it has Harley Quinn and Joker and a lot of D C comic villains. And it was like it combined a lot of elements from other trailers featuring those actors that are lined up, which includes, you know, Jared Leto is gonna be the Joker and Will Smith's gonna be Deadshot and all those things. I saw a trailer like that and it was really it was well done and I like seeing like how they incorporated different movies all into one this is what that trailer feels like it feels like it, it, feel, it feels like a fan made trailer of taking these actors and like from other movies that they've done similar things in and putting it all into one thing and while this is you know an obviously a very good version of that because it's you know actually real it yeah. just it just means nothing to me and it's weird because i was supporting the idea of having another terminator film where i didn't like salvation i like three a lot like terminator two obviously is my it's just one of my favorite movies ever it's great and terminator three is a movie where i walked in knowing that it wasn't going to be as good as two because you know i'm a reasonable human being and have those kind of expectations
4: <laughs> right. um so
0: but like terminator salvation was one where i was like i was excited for that as well because at the time bale was you know bale you know he's christian bale he's doing it, all right and um you had a cool idea going, Mcgee could maybe do something out of that. Abe, I he know didn't. had different yeah, um, yeah, and it, and yeah, the trailer was excellent in that movie, but yeah, it was a, it was it was my biggest disappointment of that year as far as movies went. Um, and so now it's like, all right, well, we're doing this again, I guess. I like this cast. These pictures are pretty awkward. <laughs> at, at least the trailer will come out and prove us all wrong because it's clearly gonna be something special. And I just got nothing from this. I really, I didn't care. (laughs) I didn't care about anything I saw, which is a shame because I do like everybody involved, and I like seeing Schwarzenegger back in this role. And I even like the ideas it presents of how to use Terminators in this kind of modern CGI world. Somehow, seeing Arnold jump from a helicopter into another helicopter did not excite me in the way that the trailer wanted me to be excited about it, which
2: is a damn shame. Um,
3: Arnold looks so old, I got arthritis from that scene.
2: I do agree that the, the aging Terminator thing kind of throws me off a bit. Not a bit, a lot. I think mean, like, he explain, how, how even
0: explains work? it in – like, that doesn't bother me at all. Like, he even explains it, like, in the second, in the second one at some point. He's like, uh, we, you know, we bleed, like, in, you know, age and stuff. Like, it's not out of the realm of possibility. It's, you know, Arnold being old, but, so you have to kind of accept that that's going to be the case, I guess. Yeah. But I, I feel like the second, the second Amelia Clark pulled up as Sarah Connor and it's like, <coughs> if you want to live, it just lost me. I was like, I don't care. Anymore.
3: Oh, yeah, that was awful.
0: <laughs> I, and I, I hope there's better takes of that or something. And as much as I like Amelia Clark on Game of Thrones, I just, Lord, Linda Hamilton, <laughs> like she's, she like, the change that you see her go through between one and two, it's there. And just seeing like, you know, petite brunette girl pull up in a car and just say a famous line. It's like, that's not Sarah Connor. That's just that's someone playing. That's Deathly Hollows Part 2 all over again. Someone playing dress up at the end to make themselves seem older. That's what I see. In that movie. Um, <laughs> so I just. I, I want it And like, it's directed by Alan Taylor, who's who works on Game of Thrones, obviously, and directed Thor the Dark World. Um, I wish him the best. <laughs>
3: well, was anything like Thor the Dark World, it'll look pretty, but you won't make it lick a sense.
0: For sure. It's coming from like it's coming from uh, what Annapurna Pictures like you know I like oh. I like the films yeah. of Annapurna Pictures here. <laughs> um. So you know everything says that it, it, I want it to be good, and I do. I hope that the movie's better than I hope it's a reverse of his where I get an awful trailer but a great movie. I hope that's the case. But <laughs> yeah, you know, just seeing the initial stuff here, the, I Ugh. was wasn't huge on it. Wasn't huge on it. But it, I, it, it 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 does have to do with salvation. Really, did burn me out on this franchise, guys. Like I really, it, that movie just really worked me out. It's I like, mean,
2: I keep forgetting that movie kind of exists, actually. Oh <laughs> like, no, it, I it own it, really it as out. a reminder. <laughs> it doesn't really, it Never doesn't forget. really come up whenever I think of the Terminator movies.
3: Yeah.
0: Well, with all that distressing stuff said, Terminator <laughs> Genesis. By the way, I mean, it's like one of the worst titles, and it's not, it didn't even have to do much effort. All it had to do is replace a letter, and it somehow became <sighs> the worst titles. But.
3: Like, honestly, it's, that's, that's probably the most impressive thing is how terrible the title is just by doing one thing. <laughs> but, Good um, job. Like, they could have played a J instead of a G. They could have done so many things. It's
0: amazing because, like, I don't tend to be this guy that hates on things, but at the same time, it's like, this didn't do really? anything for me. <laughs> Like, I'm all happy about Star Wars, and I'm happy about Jurassic World, but Terminator was the last straw, apparently. Like, this did nothing. <laughs> um,
3: you were you seemed excited for the RoboCop movie, and you're like, nope, Terminator, nope. You weren't. I don't remember. Uh, yeah, I weren't. wasn't excited. You're right about yeah, that. I don't think anybody was.
0: Basically, basically robot
4: movies. <laughs> it's really hit or miss. Yeah,
0: anti, yeah. Anyway, Terminator Genesis comes out July 1st, 2015, so there you go. Next trailer here, we have the latest from the greatest himself. That's right. <laughs> um, Wayne, the D is silent. The Rock Johnson has a new film called San Andreas, which is not an adaptation of the video game GTA San He's Andreas.
3: But uh, how many stoners are going to go see that movie because they think it is? They'd be would be very convincing, they'd be, but
2: they'd be quite disappointed. No, instead this is
0: a this is a almost a Roland Emmerich knockoff, which involves the San Andreas fault line finally creating this giant devastating earthquake where Dwayne Johnson. Is like a helicopter pilot, I guess, from the trailer. I,
3: yeah. And he I, is whatever he wants to be.
0: And if I had to take a guess based on how these kind of disaster movies work, he's trying to get back to his daughter before she gets succumbed to by an earthquake. Um, I would agree. But with all that in mind, it's directed by Brad Payton, who did the um the uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth film and um Which also had Dwayne Johnson. Yes, it did. The second yeah. one, yeah, Journey Two. And yeah. It's a uh, a big earthquake disaster film. Uh, with that said, Abe, what would you
2: think of this trailer? Paul Giamatti is in this movie. Yeah, giving some words. Uh, and I thought, <laughs> why would he be in this movie? I like you, Paul. Like, you know, maybe, maybe the movie's gonna be fun. It sound, it looks like a giant cliche of all the movie disaster movies that we've seen in the past. So am I excited for it? No, but I, I really want to know why Paul Giamatti is in this movie and why his agent's not like, hey, Paul, you know. I could probably get you something else. He w- he was, he was, m- sure, granted he was Mr. Claus himself and Fred Claus, but, you know, it kind of makes me wonder like, Paul, hmm, okay.
0: Alan, let's take at this trailer?
3: <laughs> uh, it's Teutonic Plates versus The Rock. I'm going to go watch it. I just want him to punch, like, the <laughs> fault line. That's all I want in this movie. Just, bam! Take it! Um, it looks like a lot of fun. I mean, I want to go see it because The Rock's in it, and I guess he has movies. Um, I don't. It, okay, like I was watching it going, huh? Like when I was like in junior high, like sixth grade, I had Dante's Peak and Volcano and Twister and all these other movies, and I feel like this You've is hardly be identified that.
0: any of the highlights from that era. <laughs> but okay.
3: No, but like let me let watch. But you, those kind was... of movies, okay. the kind of B movie, but like big scale, kind yeah, of yeah. just fun movies like a twelve year old kid's gonna love. I feel like this movie's gonna be that for them. Like, a 12-year-old kid's going to go see this movie and just think it's, like, the greatest thing in the world because they were really bummed out about Into the Storm and they thought that was going to be great. But now they're going to go see San Andreas with the Rock and he's going to fight a fault line.
0: Yes. I I hope he does punch the fault line at some point. Like, 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 like Christopher Reeve-style punches the fault line in Superman just like that.
3: Yeah, like, he will literally hit rock bottom. It's going to be great.
0: Abe, I mentioned the Hilary Swank Plague movie before. It's called The Reaping
3: just okay. just for,
0: for listeners keeping track of this it's called the reaping <laughs> um because, even i forgot about that but yes okay well it's be- i mentioned that because that per- that person that screen wrote that film is one of the screenwriters on san andreas it all connects um, mm-hmm. this movie's in 3d by the way i should mention that too um what do you think Aaron? i like this trailer um i like this trailer because i like roland emmerich movies and i understand that this isn't a roland emmerich movie and i understand that this trailer is way too somber but at the same time, I have a very strong suspicion that there's a lot more fun going on in this movie than they're being led on to. I
2: certainly hope so.
0: And I certainly hope so as well. If I'm wrong on that, then that sucks. But at the same time, <laughs> I think this movie looks like it could be a lot of fun. I, I can get behind this kind of disaster film. And when you put Dwayne Johnson in things, I think we've proven that it generally makes things better. <laughs> so It does.
3: It I mean, does. It does.
4: I,
0: I, it also has uh Carla Gugino who I am a big fan of it has mm-hmm. Alexandra Daddario who was on true detective and suddenly became a hit thing for everybody who? Uh, uh, it doesn't matter if you see yeah. true detective you know why um okay <laughs> but yeah and yeah Paul Giamatti and various other people it's just like I, I I wanted to embrace that kind of old-school disaster movie kind of you know um, like Poseidon adventure earthquake earthquake obviously um you know, those kind towering of... Towering inferno. inferno. yes. I mean, the, and you know, airport or airplane.
3: Poseidon with Kurt Russell. Just, nah, not that. That's um, a terrible <laughs>
0: Yeah. But I, I really hope it embraces that kind of campy spirit. And in, and I mean that in the way where it doesn't need to be, like, over-the-top... Actually, it could be, because I don't mind that either, <laughs> but, if it, if, if it can give me the kind of entertainment that something like 2012 gives me, then I'd be very because uh, I love 2012. I don't love. Dude, 2012 is a great. <laughs> I movie. like 2012 a lot. I think it's. A, I think it has the exact kind of fun that you want to have with that. If there's a movie called 2012 about the end of the world, I don't. Need, I don't know why having John Cusack driving Loom around isn't supposed to be fun. So
3: <laughs> I can only. I still two. think that 2012 was a remake a day after tomorrow, and it was so much better.
0: <laughs> I can agree with that. There's less wolves. <laughs>
4: Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> San Andreas hits theaters May twenty ninth two thousand fifteen. On yes. I assume on June first it will be or May thirty first is when Jose will be on to talk about this film with us. Yes. <laughs> so, all right. I want it to be good. I do.
2: If there's like terrible jokes about you know like Los Angeles or Fault Lines or WrestleMania, that'd be great. Also, by the way, Alan, your WrestleMania photos were excellent.
3: Oh my Monday Night Raw ones. Your
2: Rollins? throwback, yeah. Let's move on now. Let's get that yeah. att- 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 now yeah. feedback. Feedback,
3: feedback, feedback,
0: feedback. This is where we go over some of the various questions and answers that were on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash outnowpodcast, and we had a few questions here, and we got a few uh, other things here, so let's get to it, dude.
2: Yeah, so we asked uh, Ripley, Deckard, Maximus, and now Moses. Lots of key characters in Ridley Scott's filmography among all of his films. Which character is your favorite? Apple writes Ripley. Philip writes Maximus. George writes Roy Roy Batty. Justin writes Ripley. And Jason Wright's Deckard.
0: I feel like everyone chose from the movies that I, I kind of listed on here as the question, but there's certainly other characters in Ripley Scott's filmography. That...
2: Indeed. Like Robin
0: I, Hood. Robin Hood. I,
2: I'd say T.I. in American Gangster.
0: <coughs> I, I mean, Liam Neeson in Kingdom of Heaven's pretty badass. He fought with an arrow in his testicle for like two days once.
2: <laughs>
0: he says that. It's great. Yeah, he did.
2: Yeah, He did. Which is Eric true. Bannon in Black Hawk Down. That's badass, dude. Yeah. <laughs> no, no lie. No lie. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. My my Ti joke was yeah a little bit under the under the. Well, Denzel's
0: that. great in that. I mean, everyone's great. I mean, that's a really well cast. That movie. I mean, we'll get. That's to a it. good. We'll get movie, to this. Actually, we have something coming yeah. up. We'll get to this. Yeah. Um, next question here: What movies have people seen recently, and what did you think? Uh, Philip basically encompassed all of this because he has the one answer, but he has a lot of things. He saw the one I love. This is the film with Mark Dolezal and Elizabeth Moss. Um, he said the one I love had a uniqueness to it, and Elizabeth Moss was bringing bringing it. Uh, he thought Chef was funny with a ridiculously good cast. Uh, the Wind Rises was absolutely gorgeous and amazing. Somewhere at the top of my Miyazaki list for me, I'd agree. And so yeah, thanks Philip for that. The next question: Ridley Scott thanks, is think Ridley Scott is known for his director's cuts. What film in general has has, has a great director's cut? Uh, and Tyler says Daredevil makes it watchable. I like that Daredevil director's cut is solid. I completely agree. Uh, Justin it's has it's cool. EO. Yeah. Yo. thank you. <laughs> Justin has Legend. Yeah, I just said it. Legend. That's a Ridley Scott film. And Danny Murphy has Kingdom of Heaven, which again, I would agree with. Yeah, uh,
3: Aliens is a really good one. The Aliens director, Scott? Mm Mm-hmm. I like that one a lot.
0: Alien or? Aliens. (coughs) Aliens
3: Aliens Part 2 with uh, the Camerons. It adds like an extra 15 minutes, which is really helpful.
0: Hmm. I mean, Blade Runner, I think, is an obvious example as well. (laughs) Just in terms of even the Ridley Scott films, but I mean, Blade Runner has a, you know, that's the preferred cut by the majority for obvious yeah. reasons. No narration. Uh,
3: Dune. Dune has a good director's cut. Dark City has a good director's cut. Yeah. I think
2: I've seen the Dark City director's cut. Hmm. Anyhow, we have to, We now move to questions that you guys asked us. Shalem asks, what's the best use of a song, not original score, in a movie?
0: I love this question and I love it so much that I actually <laughs> prepped some answers to have ready to go and <laughs> not just have to think of things off the hand, off off top of your head. head. Yeah. <laughs> but do you guys have me off... Heady off the top of your heads. Best use of a song, not
2: score in a yeah,
0: movie. Yeah, so just, like, you know, an original song or just a song in general. Yeah. The entire
3: soundtrack from Boogie Nights.
0: That's, yeah, that's, uh, that's good.
3: Every, oh. Almost every choice of music in, is amazing in that movie.
2: Abe? Hey. Mm, in some trailers, yeah. I mean, like, the Social Network trailer, they had the... Uh, the Creep. The rendition of Creep, right? Yeah, I was...
3: And then Karen O had, like, no, the... um. I love Karen O.'s Immigrant Song and the Beginning of the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. That yeah, was great. the music video, yeah. Yeah, I like the right in the beginning. Yeah, it was so good. <laughs> You're right.
2: See, I was it's trying like, to
3: th- – I was into it. I
0: was trying to think of songs that I think, like, directly apply to the movie or, like, work their way in really well. Like carrot Karen- of the Rose? And the car- – yes, obviously. But the carrot Karen- from Batman Forever – the Karen O.'s song – that almost what my problem with that is. It feels like it's in some like a Bond movie. It's like where's why is this here? Like we just had Christopher Plummer like look really sadly into the camera, and now we have like a Bond movie opening, and then we get back to Daniel Craig looking sad into a camera. It's like okay, it's just,
2: that's because Daniel Craig is Bond.
0: <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. Never mind. I completely strike. They wanted that. to put it together. Yeah. Strike <laughs> that from the record. <clears throat> okay, uh, strike it. So I have a number of things here listed. I have Where Is My Mind in Fight Club from the Pixies. Mm-hmm. I have mm-hmm. Staying Alive from Saturday Night Fever by the Bee Gees. That just makes it. So ah. Sense. I mean. Uh, falling slowly from once, Academy.
3: Oh, look at you! Lose yourself yeah, from
0: Eight Mile, which is you know, it's it's not just a good rap song. It's just it's a song he's working on like throughout the movie, and it just organically plays in. Uh, raindrops, keep, raindrops keep falling on my head, and which Cassidy and the Sundance Kid
4: hmm.
0: theme from Shaft, from Shaft. <laughs> Damn right.
4: Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, Lou Reed's "Perfect Day" in Train Spotting, I think, is an excellent song that they use in there. That's where like Ewan, Ewan McGregor like overdoses, and the way that song is incorporated is, is just amazing. Um, Sounds of silence.
3: Hallelujah. Sounds of Watchmen. silence.
0: No, that's terrible. I hate that song <laughs> in there. Sounds of silence from The Graduate. Uh, Didn't I blow your mind this time? By the Delphonics and Jackie Brown. Uh, Goodbye horses and Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, that was
4: creepy. You're yeah, that's, good.
0: That's always associated with that scene now. Hmm. Uh, the Ride of the Valkyries and The, the End by The Doors and Apocalypse Now are just both, like, great choices. Um, stuck in the Middle of You in Reservoir Dogs.
3: Oh, well, yeah.
0: And then just Scorsese in general just knows how to use pop songs, like, in all of his movies. So. That's
3: true, yeah.
0: In any fight well, oh,
3: um, this is one of those oh, that Holland Oats song in 500 Days of Summer is yeah, great. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, that's a great one.
3: But hey, this is oh, a tiny question. dancer and almost famous. And almost Aaron. famous,
2: yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be one of those questions that we have to come back to because there's a like, lot of. All great, the time. There's a lot of great yeah. choices for this, including in, in trailers too. Yeah.
0: If you yeah tra- yeah okay. I mean that 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 lends itself to the kind of what, that's, what's that's the best sweet. trailers question just because that music's a huge part of trailers as well. Yeah,
2: because that's an Insidious trailer with the the tip-toe tiptoes. Song. Yeah, yeah, that that freaks me out.
0: Yeah. Even like 2001, <laughs> like it's not a song; it's more of you know a piece of classical music. But 2001, I mean, that music is you know, iconic. So there's, yeah. there's a lot to work with, but yeah, I, I was going with a lot of ones that is, I could think of quickly and seem to really kind of fit, not just like as a good song that happens <laughs> to be in a movie, but just ones that fit
3: into the movie itself. All
2: hey, right. So the question channel.
3: Yeah,
0: for sure. That's a, that's a really good question. So that's I happy.
4: really
3: like that one. I think we all agree. Yeah. So that's enough feedback.
0: Feedback feedback, feedback. feedback, feedback, feedback. All right. So uh, we're going to skip games this week. I know I'm skipping. It's terrible that we're skipping games. What? I don't like to do it. No one likes to do it, but we're going to do it. <sighs> But instead, we're going to do something more fun. I think we're going to do since we had since we had film spotting's Josh Larson on. I figured, why not do a top five like they do on their show? So I think top five. Let's, let's do a top five uh, Ridley Scott movies. And um, I don't know if Abe's going to insert some kind of sound effect there. He could. I don't know, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll see in the edit.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but um, I, I I asked you guys if we can get you know some, some top fives for Ridley Scott going, and um, just because you know he's he has a number of films under his belt. I think a few stand out very clearly and figured we can you know, have a little Ridley Scott discussion as we go
3: into this. Uh, Alan, you got a
0: top five handy for Ridley Scott?
3: Really quick. Is it favorites or best? Do whatever. It would be my favorites, right? Do, do you have two separate lists? No. Okay, then well, do what you have. <laughs> okay. Well, am I going, like, number five?
0: Yeah, go, yeah, five
3: down. Uh, number five is going to be Blade Runner. Number four is Dude, I Black Hawk Down number three is Gladiator, number two is Alien, and number one is The Kingdom of Heaven Director's Cut.
2: Kingdom of Heaven Director's Cut, which he, Aaron, you've brought that up many times. I still haven't seen that. It's because it's amazing.
3: Dude, it's, hmm. yeah. Top I, I, I watched for me. it
2: while writing my Exodus review, and that movie's just so
0: good. And it's funny because wow. that movie's like, it's like three hours and change, and it flies by for me. But somehow, Exodus is like, oh my god, okay.
2: <laughs> Kingdom of Heaven Director's Cut, I have to put that on my list of
3: two dudes. And it's funny because I'm sure Kingdom of Heaven has a better, I, well, yeah, Kingdom of Heaven probably has a better idea of theology and faith than Exodus probably did.
0: Does, yeah,
3: yep. <laughs> it does. Yeah, I haven't even seen Exodus, but I can tell that thing's schlocky. It,
0: pre- it presents. You're both... probably not wrong. Yeah, Kingdom of Heaven presents both sides in a very interesting way you have not just not ju- it's not painting like the the, Islami- the Islamic the nation as like bad guys. It's presenting a different point of view. Yeah. And it, and... Like, dude, they had ice. Yeah. yeah. So
3: they
0: they
2: had, had what?
3: There was, like, uh, you gotta see it. There's a scene where, like, um...
2: say, say Ice? Ice. Yeah, yeah they had, ice. like,
3: Ice in the Middle Ages. Of... Ice
2: in, in the desert. <laughs> yeah, it was sick. Ah. Regardless, Abe, you have a top five here? Yeah, I'd say Alien, Black Hawk Down, and then I'd go into Gladiator, uh, Blade Runner, and Legend, just because it's actually a nostalgic favorite from, like, way back when.
0: So that, that's your one? Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah, I, um...
0: I made a whole top ten, but I for my top five I have Black Hawk Down, this five, Matchstick Man,
3: ooh that's a good one,
0: Kingdom of Heaven, Blade Runner, and then Alien, and so yeah I I don't look at Gladiator very highly <laughs> I have mean, it it's my number, I can see that yeah it's, it's my number I mean, like I, I, my the whole top ten is like Prometheus Body of Lies Gladiator American Gangster Thelma and Louise and then the top five. Yeah. Uh, I mean but, to be
2: fair, upon repeat viewings of Gladiator, I remember thinking, hmm, this isn't as good as I remember it back in two thousand.
0: I, I tend to look at Gladiator as one of the not overrated, but just one where it's like, I don't I I don't see where this transcends things. It's a fun, like, movie and Russell Crowe's really good in it, but I don't see much else in it beyond <laughs> what's there.
3: See, my my theory is that I think it's a really, really good period piece, but a really kind of sword and sandals, 1950s version, like, modern version of those kind of movies. Yeah. But not even, like, on the level of Spartacus, but... I don't understand how one won Best Picture for that year, though.
0: I yeah, in the year of Traffic and like, Crouching Tiger, I mean.
3: <laughs> and, Requ- and Requiem came out Requiem that year too, a, right? There's a lot
0: of yeah. Requiem, there's a lot yeah, of I
3: don't that. understand. But I don't need to
0: go it. on and on, I'm dragging on about why Gladiator is not a movie I love. I just like a <laughs> lot.
2: <laughs> I really enjoy it. Like <laughs> tell, it's tell one of three for me. Tell me some more about Matchstick Men. It's very Gladiator is very enjoyable. A,
0: I do enjoy it. Matchstick fan. I love Matchstick Men uh, with Nicholas Cage. Have you not Cage. seen
2: Matchstick Men, uh, Abe? I haven't seen it. No. Matchstick Men. It's good with Nicholas Cage. You watch
3: Kingdom Heaven first, but
0: Nicholas. good. Nicolas Cage and Sam Rockwell are con men, and Allison Lohman enters in as Nicolas Cage is a, a strange daughter, um, and it's just a really good con movie. It's a uh, very in the vein of something like Paper Moon, or just in his other kind of con men movies. But Nick Cage, this is like that. This is one of those ones where I can jump to his kind of recent Nick Cage performances that are awesome. This movie is what 2004, 2003 at this point, so you know it's it's over ten years old. But it's such a – and especially for Ridley Scott, it's such a kind of different movie from the ones he was making where, like, pretty much everything was an epic Ridley, Russell Crowe movie for him <laughs> at that point.
4: But it's some, a good year.
0: But for, yeah, like a good year, which is my pick for probably the worst Ridley Scott movie um, where he just sits around and drinks wine. Uh, but Matchstick Man, it's just a really solid kind of comedy drama driven by character work. And it's written by Ted Griffin and his brother who, who – they wrote the Ocean's Eleven remakes. Oh, Peter Griffin? Okay. And they wrote *Ravenous*, which <laughs> a movie I really love—dark comedy, dark horror comedy of Guy Pearson. But regardless, *Magic* it's just a really solid con man movie, and I and I love the kind of the way that the plot structured is so well accomplished. And Ridley Scott, for being a person that you know knows how to make sprawling epics, that he can make this kind of character-driven comedy slash drama—it's just like you can see like how good he can be at just these kind of smaller films. Along with being the, and these these you know really you know big epic movies
2: and does Sam Rockwell dance yes he does okay
0: I got that signing mean, that was a star right there uh, <laughs> but yeah Sam Rockwell's great as always Nicholas Cage is so good in this movie it's just it's it's under it's it's underappreciated I would say because I I don't think it's underrated because a lot of people you know it got a lot of praise when it came out it just you know didn't really go anywhere because it, you know, it's, it's a combat movie but it's just a really good one. Uh, Black Hawk Down, I haven't watched in a while, by the way, but I really love Black Hawk Down.
2: It was oh, so
0: good. It is, and Eric Bana is badass. But that whole cast is really strong, and
2: that the whole cast is very good, yeah, yeah. including uh, some people that are now hugely famous, like, like Orlando
0: Bloom. He gets like, he gets thrown out of a helicopter, in the yeah. Movie. Or <laughs> Tom
2: Hardy. Tom, Tom Hardy, yeah.
0: yeah. And, and yeah, we can't say enough about Alan and I can't say enough about Kingdom of Heaven. I mean, the movie. Oh, I love the movie. It's, it's fantastic.
2: Yeah, I'm thinking about like just ending the call right now and just being like, gotta go. Kingdom of Heaven, director Scud. I
0: haven't seen The Duelist, Ridley Scott's first film, which I like feel I feel bad about at this point because I really want to, but I
3: I, I, I haven't I, seen it.
0: I put it very high on my Netflix cube, So hopefully I get it soon, but I've been wanting to see The Duelist for like the longest time, his first film before Alien uh, with Harvey Kaito and
3: uh, and, uh, and Keith Carradine. Um I didn't see Blade Runner for the first time until like 3 years ago. Really? I just every time I tried to watch it I always fell asleep. It's so I fair. Is it that Blade that movie- Nap?
0: That movie is, like, it's a it's, re- it's really atmospheric. Like, as cool as it is, to, you know, replicants, Deckard, yeah. Like, it is an atmospheric, slowly paced film. It's not one that's, like, it doesn't have the kineticism, I guess, that you'd see in, like, a lot of sci-fi movies up to or even Star Wars or something like that. Like, it's very different in from that, from that
2: case. Which is kind of why I like it. It's kind of like a noir film. It is,
0: yeah. It's, it's, it's it, sci-fi noir, yeah.
2: Yeah, it's just like, oh, well, you know, now he's got the, the femme fatale there, and he's trying to solve this mystery, and... Along the way, if there are theories that he himself is a replicant, then great. But other than, other than that, is pretty neat. Just the way that uh, I saw the future. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and then we have like American Gangster that I had on there. Like I really like that movie too, and I haven't watched that like. Russell Crowe's
2: also very good in that movie.
0: He is, but yeah. that's a that's a great there's a great Denzel performance there where he's
3: yeah he's not yeah. He's,
0: he's not playing like. T- He's obviously he's doing certain Denzel things but like the his character's so like Being subdued black. The move thank you his character's so like subdued in that movie I just really like that performance a lot and it's just a, it's a great cast too like it's a whole it's a lot just a, a strong ton of cast. there
3: speaking of a great trailer that movie had a, yeah. an amazing trailer I really
0: movies in general amazing, have great trailers i mean alien has a great trailer all, all these yeah. movies have great trailers i would i'd be I, I'd be hard-pressed if, I mean, besides, like, maybe a good year.
3: Um, Prometheus had a great trailer.
4: Prometheus,
0: no, that, that's why people were so disappointed. Yeah. I liked it, but some people were disappointed
2: because... Black like, Hawk you know, Down had a good trailer with the sign by Moby. It
0: had the... I remember the trailer had, like... Southside?
2: Uh, it's, like, something, like... I <laughs> forget yeah. what it's called. Black, Black Hawk Down, I remember, <laughs> it had Knock, Knock, Knock on Heaven's Door. That was a trailer I remember. Yeah, I remember, like, the the one with, like, uh, some... I forget the song, but I'm sure someone will find out.
3: I'm pretty sure that Black Hawk Down was our Christmas movie that my family and I all to go see. Fair. Yeah, I think we all drove to LA because we're like, no, we're going to watch this. This is going to happen.
0: People forget that there's a Jerry Bruckheimer movie, too. Yeah. Like, it's its production. So it's like that and like Crimson Tide are like the standouts of like serious movies.
2: Crimson <laughs> Tide. Not like nuclear Armageddon. war, nuclear holocaust. What? What? I like Armageddon. Shut up. Uh- <laughs> <laughs>
3: I uh, mean, like the of like
0: parts of it, yeah. It sounds, it sounds like kind of like real, real life drama, type, like not like, not like Bad Boys or something like this. You know, out there kind of action, more of like driven in a, a realistic kind of way. You yeah, have movies like like Con Air, like Con Air, exactly. That's what I was getting <laughs> gotcha. to. That was the ultimate and all this. Yeah. <laughs> I mentioned some other ones, Thelma and Louise, another one where I, I, I think it's a really great movie. I think it stands up very well, and I think it's, you know, it's it's Susan Sarandon and. uh Gina Davis. It's a very far cry from, you know, other movies that Ridley Scott has done, but it's a, it's a it's a really beyond just knowing that movie for, you know, the things that it's known for. Brad Pitt was hot in it and they drove off at the end. Like it's just a really solid
3: character movie. <laughs> I think if you look at Ridley Scott's film history, yeah. It's varied. It's it so is. all over the place. And there's a that lot of movies sense. like, "Oh yeah, he did White Squall." I forgot about that. But I think he it's weird, because not a lot of his movies are great, but he has good movies, and he has some great movies, but he also has some clunkers.
0: It, yeah, because, like, you look at you look at his filmography, and, like, it's the 90s where you really see him get caught up in kind of nothing films, where, like, he starts yeah. out really strong, obviously, because he has, I mean, the duelist is well regarded, but then you get Alien, which is, you know, a classic, and you get Blade Runner, which is, you know, a classic, and then you get some, like, you get Legend which is like, well, he already did sci-fi, so let's see him do fantasy.
2: Fantasy. Yeah. But,
0: like, his whole 80s period with, like, Black Rain as well. Like, they're just, like, very atmospheric movies. They're not, like, yeah. horrible, but they're just, like, you, they, you you see the times in them. And then you get to the 90s, and, like, Thelma and Lise is, like, a, the obvious, like, highlight there. But, like, throughout it's, like, 1492, the Columbus movie that's, like, well, Yeah. White Squall is, like, that exists. G.I. Jane. G.I. Jane is, like, eh. And then you get to Gladiator, and that's where he kind of has this kind of set, his second or third wind of, like, his career. Yeah. And, he's, and he does movies like that. I'll skip over Hannibal. We don't need to talk about that ever. But he has <laughs> like Black Hawk Down. I mentioned Matt Men, but Kingdom of Heaven. Mm-hmm. I mean, he whatever kind of Renaissance he had as a director, like it's there's, it's yeah. it's, it's neat. We're like, yeah, not all of them are great films necessarily, but he's, he's 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 he has very kind of he has a mixed filmography. But the ones that are good are really good. I would say.
3: Yeah, I, I do. Was, like, yeah. I
0: do like Body of Lies quite a bit, by the way. I think that's a good it. I didn't, hate, I didn't hate it. That's one of DiCaprio yeah. and Russell Crowe, yeah. I still haven't seen The Counselor, though.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you don't need to.
0: Abe, Abe, <laughs> that was Abe's paper like, worst movie last year. i I'm,
2: I'm not a fan of The Counselor.
0: I wish I was, given all the good stuff, all the good people involved in it. But, yeah, it's not a... It's,
4: it's
2: like some sort of cheap knockoff of traffic and some terrible movies. It, it's not very good. It's I don't just, think you not like, to see
3: it, outline. It's a, it's a yeah. mess. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not rushing out to go see it. Yeah. Okay. Like, if I really wanted to see something, I would have saw it already. Unless it's TV stuff.
0: Yeah, hey, like Dumb and Dumber it. too, or Horrible Bosses twice. <laughs> <I
3: can't.
2: sighs> <laughs> he's got to do what yeah. he's got to do, man. He's trying Dude, to make friends in North Carolina, all right?
3: Oh, by the way, making friends as a 30-year-old man is not a thing that I'm good at.
0: Maybe you should have more candy in your hands when you do it. That's creepy. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Let's move on from
0: this topic into something else. Let's get to out now and present what's out now. These are new movies. I was like, I paused for a second, thinking,
2: "Is there a theme?" Yeah, the, of this? no, there, there's no, there's no gesture there's no that I do. Okay, yeah. Here.
0: This is where we talk about new movies coming out on, or just mentioned movies that are coming out on Blu-ray, DVD, or streaming this week, and we have a host of things happening here. The first up is The Maze Runner, which Abe and I actually liked more than we thought we would. Yeah, it <laughs> makes you very interesting. It's pretty solid. Yeah. Uh, then we have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles.
2: Aaron was higher on it than I was.
0: I think it's watchable. I don't think it's amazing. Although we had a
2: live show that day.
0: That was a good show. That was a good episode,
4: yeah.
2: yeah.
0: Check that episode out. <laughs> uh, this is Where I Leave You. This was the film with Jason Bateman, Tina Fey, Adam oh. Driver, Corey Stoll, Jane Fonda. It was a big cast. A, and a lot of Jewish jokes. Yeah, and it's just a nothing movie. Gotcha. Uh, the Skeleton Twins.
2: Very good movie. You yeah. should you should watch you should go watch that movie. Yeah,
0: really solid. I just wrote my Blu-ray review of it on YSobu.com, actually.
2: Uh, Magic in the Moonlight. This is the Woody Allen film that came out this year. Is that the strong one? Or is that not the strong one? What's the strong one? Remember. I can't remember. Maybe, maybe well, did no, he no, have two this year? No, he just had one, and this was okay.
0: a, Colin Firth and Emma Stone, and I was not a big fan of it. Uh, kind of peaks early. Um, Pride. Uh, this is the film about the um. About the coal miners in Wales and the uh, the gay rights group that like comes to kind oh, of support right. them, it's quite good. I enjoy. It's a very. It follows kind of familiar patterns of these kind of movies of kind is, of like is, underdog kind of movie. Yeah, but it's. I, solid. I think I've seen a couple of trailers for it. Yeah. yeah, I saw the trailer a lot, and then I finally saw. It, I was like, you know what? This is a pretty good movie. Cool. Uh, the trip to Italy, which I think is hilarious. Um, <laughs> just oh my god, it's
2: funny. And then lastly, Cowboy Bebop debuts on Blu-ray this week. Oh
0: what! The entire series is now available <laughs> on
2: Blu-ray. <laughs> That is one of my favorite animes of all time. Spike. Man.
4: It, and if
0: there's game. like if there's any like person that's like on the fence about anime, like this is a great show to like use as a way to get yourself into it, I would say. I feel like it it has it's so it has so much western influence but with like the style of, you know, anime,
2: it's just And it's, then go watch the rest of that director's stuff. He's made uh, Kids on the Slope and Samuraï Champloo.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Cowboy Bebop's on Blu-ray this week and I'm quite excited to get my
3: hands on that. Oh man. And, uh, yeah. Even for his mind,
2: he's like, oh. Yeah. No, because, uh, I wanted to pick up the perfect sessions. Uh, which oh, just, is no, just like just... a remastered version of all of them. Oh, no. But now that the Blu-rays are out, like, maybe I'll pick up a Blu-ray do copy. That. Yeah.
3: Do, do that.
0: Okay. <laughs> uh, next week, next week's show, we're going to be talking about The Hobbit, The Battle of the Five Armies. There and back again, an unexpected journey to Smog
2: Re- part, th- Really? Part one um so They're back again there that sounds like a ridiculously we'll long title but
0: yeah the hobbit the battle of the five armies comes out next week the final chapter in the very necessary hobbit trilogy that we received from director peter jackson so yeah that's happening and i think we will have some if anyone's been following our hobbit podcast you'll probably have an idea of who the guests are for next week's show but yeah that's what's happening next week alan are you excited for the next hobbit you excited for it you've got to see it
3: I didn't see the second one. Okay. okay. <laughs>
4: <laughs> right. Good to
3: know. I'm just. I'm not. Lying. I just. I mean,
4: Honest I
2: didn't, is the best policy.
3: I mean, I'm happy for you if you're if you're <laughs> excited for. It. I'll watch it maybe when I can get a full day off of something. I don't know. I just I didn't want to spend six hours in a the theater.
0: It's the optimism from Josh Larson that's only matched by the pessimism of Alan Aguilar that kings people watching this show, I'd say. <laughs> I,
3: I, yeah, it's weird. Every like I think every time I tune in, I, I come in on the show I'm more and more like jaded or just yeah, I guess whatever. Like my first the like, first episode was almost like so excited. Now it's like, yeah, that's
2: cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, with all that said, (laughs) before we wrap up, I'm going to ask you, Alan, what should people go and see in theaters right now? And what do you plan to see next?
3: Uh, I really want like Christmas just looks awesome because I'm really excited for uh, the interview. And I'm just so excited for Into the Woods, like more than I should be as a straight man. I'm way too excited for Into the Woods. (laughs) Uh, And I also really want to see Inherit Vice whenever I get a chance to. If someone's going to go and see a movie right now, go see Rosewater or go see any independent film that you can go see instead of like Exodus or any of these other sloppy films that are coming out. Just watch a movie that – watch a movie where a director legitimately invests his time and effort into something and then go
2: see The Interview or Into the Woods.
3: All
4: right.
2: (laughs) Perfect, Perfect segue there. Abe? If you still can, try and check out John Wick. I still see. It I playing love him. how
0: much you love John Wick. That makes me so
2: happy. I haven't seen that yet. Oh, Alan, Alan. It, do I? Do, uh, I, do you, I? You dig great, it? You would dig yeah, it? you had a great point about you know go see movies where directors give a crap. But John yeah. Wick's so fun. <laughs> first, first <laughs> the director a, you know, ABC. put a lot of effort in. If I can give you some of that, Abe, you, you say that, but they did. What's
0: cool about John Wick is that it's directed by stuntmen, and so they, oh, they, oh, they, 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 they know. I mean. I wouldn't say the action's as great as, like, The Raid, for example, but, I mean, they know what works on film and how to put things together, which I think is why that movie connects as well as it does yeah. as far
3: as an action movie goes. So if you still is it kids, more of a direct... Go see Is the, is the director more of, like, show up with the dialogue, let's blow things up?
0: Eventually, but right. I was quite, quite full of that said. Keanu
2: Reeves is really solid in the movie. <laughs> so
3: it's, I love Keanu Reeves, and I think, think like, he's only like two drawn bad movies. out
2: either. Like, the, the action scenes aren't, like, super drawn-out in the... The kill scenes aren't really drawn out. It's just more like Keanu Reeves to get down to business. Yeah. Um, see,
3: what I want to do one day is take the day off and watch The Equalizer, A Walk Among Tombstones, and John Wick all in one day.
2: You've said the
0: correct You're order. Go from, you, you've, the, you've said the correct order from least to greatest of those movies by the way. Yeah, <laughs> okay.
3: that's what I want to do. Yeah. That's what I've heard. So I want to do like all three of those in one day, wearing like car- cargo shorts, a bandana, a wife beater, and drinking beer. Do and that the, That's my day.
0: Do that the day before you see Take Three. In- <laughs> <laughs> no.
2: Tech history. and next what i want to see is uh, hopefully top five
0: yeah i would you know that's my movie to say go see top five is what i'd say people should go see now and yeah i'm gonna see the hobbit next that's the, uh,
3: that's, on the
0: that's on the cards
3: oh uh, here, here's the question have you seen the hobbit yet or no
0: uh no i'm seeing it next
3: <sighs> no hobbit. i well i didn't know if like you got it no i
0: have not i didn't have a screening for it no
3: because my my question I, I don't know if i should just do i need to watch part two
0: <laughs> I mean, if you're gonna like, why see the why see the third one if you're yeah.
3: not? Because I want to see the Battle of the Five Armies.
0: See the second one. It has big dragon in it. Dragons are cool.
3: That's yeah. but the dragon doesn't like do anything until part three, right? No. Well, he does no. some cool he, stuff. He there. does a lot he more stuff in part two. It's my part. favorite part about
2: part two. There you go. That's a good way to put it.
3: Okay. Is there like a highlight reel on YouTube? Probably. <laughs> I'll just buy. I'll buy the Blu-ray. I'll just I'll just go buy it. And I'll then return
2: it, it and say that it was defective.
3: Because it's, yeah, it's, there's there's garbage on this. I <sighs> just, I'm not, like, I couldn't finish, like, I fell asleep in the first one. And I was sober. And so I don't fall asleep in movies. And then I tried watching it again, and I fell asleep in a different part of the movie.
0: <laughs> so that's going to do it for this week's episode of Out Now, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> you can find more of my work on my personal blog at where You can find all my written movie reviews, as well as the YSALU.com for all my blu reviews. You can also find me on Twitter, at Aaron's PS4. Abe? You can find more
2: fun stuff at walrusmoose.blackside.com and twitter.com slash walrusmoose hashtag. I forget what the the hashtag was earlier.
0: That was a long
2: hashtag.
3: Yeah.
0: Are you around anywhere?
3: Um, Just follow me on Twitter at Mr. Aldo Rain. M-R-A-L-D-O-R-A-Y-N-E or you can uh, do my Instagram which is A-L-D-O-R-A-Y-N-E Aldo Rain. Um, And then I'll post I'll post and retweet anything that I'm on or that I do. Because, yeah, I'll post it that way. If not, nice. most of my Instagram is pretty funny, I assume.
0: <laughs> you get, a, you get a chuckle.
3: Like, <laughs> I post once or twice a day, you get a nice little chuckle out of it.
0: You can find all the other episodes about Now with name on iTunes and at Stitcher, as well as at com. That is the podcast network that hosts our show, along with other fun shows about comics and TV and games and stuff like that.
2: You can find our episodes over at com, as well as outnow outnowpodcast.
0: Feel free to email us at outnowpodcast at gmo dot com. Let us know your thoughts on Exodus colon gods and kings and other such things that we've talked about recently.
2: Interact with us over at facebook dot com slash outnowpodcast or tweet at us at twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast.
0: Yeah. Of course, you can follow us on Tumblr at dot com and feel free to send us a voicemail at nine seven two seven nine eight three eight three zero. You can let us know your thoughts in an audible form, and we can possibly listen to you on the uh, yeah, on the on the, you. on the show. <laughs>
3: All right, Alan, thanks for joining us. You're welcome. Well, let me just, let me just reiterate. I yep. probably fell asleep during The Hobbit because I was in really comfy chairs, but the movie is really long. I just, I don't, <laughs> it's not that I don't like the movies, I just, didn't, I just don't know, I just, uh, they, I have no interest, because I love the Lord of the Rings movies so much, I just have no interest in watching a really short story stretched out into three movies. This is true. I won't agree that's, with that's you. It. I thought, I, just I
2: thought like... it as two movies, but
3: Well you know, there's one really strong one. But either way, I am just I wanna reiterate I don't wanna I don't wanna offend any Middle Earth lovers. I do love Middle Earth. I just it's just hard for me to wrap my head around it. I'm just stubborn. Great. Okay, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for... Thank you, Alan. Anyway
1: Thanks for your continual
0: attempts to derail the show. <laughs> No, no, no. Uh, it's, I'm glad, just I'm edit that glad, out. Very glad to have you on here. Very glad to have you on, Alan. Thanks, I'm so sorry. It's I so, apologize. apologize. <laughs> it's
4: fine. Um,
0: but yeah, uh, that's gonna do it for this week's episode. We'll be back next week talking about the Hobbit. Uh, and it's not like it's not like I've been a huge fan of these movies, Alan. So don't worry. Like, I'm not, okay. yeah.
2: It's been a lot of varied voices. Yeah. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how it is. We'll how it is with this finale. Uh, but
0: with that said, that's gonna do it. So until next time, so long
2: and you
0: are my sire now it's like hard to really (laughs) take anything seriously Take, take that seriously